Hear now the words of the witches. The secrets we hid in the 90s and aughts. Vintage TV is invoked here. The great work of magic is sought. Bring us your powers, you sisters three. Wait, 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 wait. Are we doing witchcraft? No, bitch, it's a podcast about charm. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, I'm Yujun Zulu. Hello, I'm Nick Probst. And this is... The Podcast of Shadows. Oh, why, hello, Nib. Oh, well, hello, Meet John Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Um, (laughs) See, I never change my name, but you always do. So I feel like Mm -hmm. I have to celebrate it and, you know, like, you know, just just allow you to be whoever you want to be on that day. Oh, thank you so much. It's just changing with the times, with the weather, with the seasons. Mm -hmm. I just do what feels comfortable. Yeah, identity is a construct, and you are living your best life. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) You know who else is living their best life? Who? Melinda Warren, when she comes to the here and now. Oh, yes, facts, facts, for real. Very that. She, I mean, look... There's nothing better than starting a whole line of witches and, um, you know, like getting a checkout to see how your grandkids are doing. Absolutely. I mean, this is one of my favorite episodes from the first season, for sure. Maybe of all time in the whole show. Yeah. I just love it. I think it's so cute and it's fun to see the, uh, the woman who started it all. And how she interacts with our main characters. I, I just, it's, it's great. Yeah. And I kind of think, you know, one of the things that we don't get to do as living people is to actually spend time with our elders when they're like, you know, in their prime, like still kicking it. Right. And this is exactly that. I do think that there's that, that wholesome family connection in this episode. And there really isn't that much that happens outside of the episode Mm -hmm. so it's just because it's so zoomed in like it's not really about any of like the periphery characters it's just about the channel right and i think those are those are primarily like the stronger episodes that kind of focus on one event or one storyline happening Mm -hmm. in an episode rather than two or three that have to converge somehow by the end exactly uh so yeah i i really like that i think it's cleaner it's better i mean if we were writers now the lesson learned would be Stop putting so many goddamn stories into your plot because you just you just end up conf- <laughs> confused and confuddled at the end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not from the Hood and West, uh. but one day I will I will master that accent. <laughs> I know, but we um, I'm super excited about our guest today. I, I don't think I don't know if you've worked with her. Uh, she um, she's she's just she's so funny. Uh, we took class together. We now work together on a, on a, something that she's writing. Wow. So she's like, she's great. She's a UCB goddess. She does other things at the pit. Like Woo. she's a real badass bitch. And we need some of that on this podcast. So, um, you know, we'll be introducing her in a little bit, but I just, I wanted to get you all riled up for it. Oh, that's amazing. I'm very excited. You know, it's, that's. That's great. And no, I don't believe that I know her. Oh. So this will be fantastic. Well, you know, this is this is all about connecting with people, with comedy, mm-hmm. with the magic inside of us all. And, and, and just, you know, bring in some feminine energy into this podcast so that we can talk about some of these things that have been very troubling. Yes. And we're going to solve them. <laughs> all right. So we'll get into it and check, it, check back in with you soon, listeners. Okay. Woo. Oh my god, here we are. 
Wow. Wow. Here we are indeed. The power of three is setting us free as we speak. I know. I know. Okay. So let's, let's not waste any time. I'm so excited to introduce Phoebe Stonebreaker to the podcast of shadows. Yes. Hello. (laughs) I want that level of fanfare every time I'm introduced. (laughs) Well, you're going to get it. I love that. Thank you. Uh, I'm Phoebe. (laughs) Well, no, it's an absolute honor um, to have you on the podcast. Um, uh, Nick has not met you, but we've all done UCB. So we're like, this is Mm -hmm. like, this is, it's all family today. No strangers. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, sometimes you don't know your distant cousins. So now you do. Yeah. (laughs) This is, this is a way that we're meeting. I mean, this is, kind of a you know a different uh, offhands way of meeting but maybe it's just more magical that way no but i'm telling you once you once you sort of get a whiff of someone's like actual personality and you're like oh i can't believe that i haven't met you you're going to run into each other like five times in the next two days oh right oh, yeah that's so true. <laughs> it's like like hearing a word and then you're hearing it everywhere mm-hmm, mm-hmm. learning a word very that very yeah. that yeah yeah like your word of the day becomes the word of the year <laughs> yeah <laughs> Just as long as it's not fetch. As long as it's not fetch. I just saw fetch on a hat the other day, and I was like, you guys got to stop trying to make it happen. No, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It was like Dutch originally, right? I don't know. Maybe that was just a Mean Girls thing. Um, I don't know. I'm sure it comes from somewhere. It's like such a good combination of letters. The sound is Mm -hmm. great. Um, No, but um, no, so... Anyway, so Phoebe is a writer, comedian, comedian, just, I mean, just incredible improver, one of the funniest people I know, writing an amazing podcast. We're going to get into that a little bit closer to the end, but um, we're just, we're so glad to have you here because it's been really hard for us watching the show from like, you know, the, what's going on now in the world and like looking back at how the 90s was like depicting Three Sisters. Yeah, it's kind of amazing. I've always wanted to watch this show because my name is Phoebe and people would always ask me if I'd watched it. Um, Mm. And uh, I never had until (laughs) Friday. I sat down and I was like, I'm like last Friday, I was like, I'm going to watch the pilot. Uh And I was like, how have I lived my whole life? Not watching this fabulous piece. I've watched so <laughs> much Charmed this week. It's oh, good. It's so good, right? And, like, of course, it's, like, late it's 90s, so and it's 20 years later. Sure, some things are a little dusty, but, oh, my gosh, it's so good, right? It holds up. It holds up. Like, mm-hmm. and what is really painful, like, and what I was so excited that actually I'm talking with you guys about episode nine is – It's like they talk about sexual harassment is how she pronounces it in this episode. (laughs) And yeah. And I was just like, okay, how are they? How is this? This is still an issue. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. it was amazing. We've just changed the pronunciation of the word. She says harassment. And now we say harassment. Like, Mm -hmm. the word just got uglier. (laughs) No, but honestly, like, even if you put a British accent or a Midwestern, harassment does not make any sense. It's definitely harass, right? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. I mean, and I think it's it, it has it's a little more to the point. Harassment sounds <laughs> much more like ah rather than 
harassment, which harassment mm-hmm. sounds to me like professional. <laughs> so it, I think it needs to hit you in the face a little uh, bit to really get the effect, but it's still a problem anyway. Maybe that's why the problem hasn't been resolved is we're not using like the right um, tonation of the word. <laughs> Such a simple solution. It was too, too polite. Such a simple solution. Make it sound as awful as it is. <laughs> that is a perfect segue because honestly, like from the get, like shit, shit is messed up. Like we have this super hot Billy Worth talking to this mm-hmm. yeah. Taylor Layton or whatever her name is. And she's yeah. like, so you never loved me? All that passion? Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, I just wanted to use you for stuff. Ah, fuck boys. I was so mad. I was like, wait, he just he just gave yeah. her like really good sex and I guess it's nothing. Yes, these warlocks and their use Ugh. of their sexual power is pissing me off. Yeah, these warlocks are all like fuck boys. Yes. They uh, are just uh, making the charmed ones or other witches like fall in love with them as a ruse just to get their powers over and over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of nice to see it at least. I, I, the show is amazing that it existed in the 90s where it's like three female leads mm-hmm. who are um, amazing. They're amazing. And there's so much more than like devices in someone else's story. <laughs> but then yeah. they don't flip that and like do a service to the men. It's funny, like the that men in the show are kind of just a service now to these women, <laughs> like are just yeah. tools in their story. Um, so it's cool in that way to see how it's grown. I love that point of view. Cause like sometimes when we watch the show, we're like, these men are terrible. Mm-hmm. Like they're just like, they're so toxic. They're just here to like use women. Like <laughs> we were talking about like sexual harassment. Um, you know, later on, like Rex, the uh, owner of the, um, like auction house or something. Auction. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. On the same day that the auction house is robbed, he, uh, he asks Prue, to take care of talking to the police so you can go to a concert. <laughs> Fucking rude. <laughs> and, and and then also in front of her invites her sister to that same concert. Like he's too, he's too busy to deal with it, but since your sister's free, yes. I guess I'll just go on a date with her. Like what the hell? Oh my god. Ugh. Despicable. Rex and Hannah. <laughs> I will say this for char- for this episode, episode 9. I feel like the casting agents must have been really happy. A lot of their guest stars, I've been like, oh no. Um, but every once in a while, they like strike mm. gold. And I felt like they really had great guests after this episode. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, Taylor, Taylor Layton, the mm-hmm. uh, Melinda. So gorgeous. Yeah. She's, she's also like a Shakespearean actress. She now like teaches acting. Really? And she, oh, cool. she was on a TV show a couple of years before this that was like, it was called like something silk. She's great. Mm-hmm. And then Billy Worth is just very handsome yeah. mm-hmm. and gives you kind of everything you need from like the uh, bad guy. And he was, um, he, I, his claim to fame is kind of like body snatchers. And he was also an American mm-hmm. gladiator. So he's like, Oh wow. And, and huh. lost boys. He's a vampire in the lost boys, which is like one of my favorite oh, movies. I didn't know yes. that. Wow. Cool. So he's a total yeah. hunk and a heartthrob and a bad boy. And he has been, and a bad boy, and he has been for years, and here he is doing it all over again. Uh, yeah, I love them. I think they're really effective villains in almost like a, I mean, maybe sometimes it can't be way. Like we even see in the scene later on when they kind of recruit the the, the man from the past. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's a, it's a scene that I love because you get kind of the times 
the modern time and the classic time conflicting a little bit. Oh, yeah. But he, in the same way, in that specific scene where he's changing his clothes and she is, she has this modern shame about <clears throat> not wanting to check him out. And she, and he says, she, she being Hannah. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yes. Uh, if it pleases you to look, then look, I don't, I don't understand this uh, shame that you feel. I thought that was really nice. Like a, a, a very nice way to kind of have the conflict of modern shame versus classic uh, time freedom from it. Uh, but I, I also like didn't understand that though, because I feel like back in the day, Sex was even more policed, so I don't think that you could stare at a shirtless man in like mm-hmm. in in lust in public. I know it was. I was I was thinking about that too because I was like, oh, I really love these like scenes of old meets new. Like with the pencil was so fun with the like zipper. I loved, mm-hmm. and then I was like, oh, this is great. They're gonna talk about like bodies and how we view bodies. But then I was like, didn't he come? Mm-hmm. My understanding was he was from Puritan New England, where. I- like my understanding is that was not a free time. Yeah, <laughs> not at all. But that's what I like the flip though because I, I think it gave us insight into who yeah. he is, mm-hmm. and it's less that he he adapted so quickly to the modern time in a way that surpassed that mm-hmm. uh, these other modern people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. It was something along those lines that I was kind of more thinking of. But it is, like, very weird because, like, how did you make the flip this fast? Like, how did you <laughs> how did you adjust so quickly when it's a lot more realistic when Melinda is like, oh, a wise witch made this dress. And it's like, no, I bought it. <laughs> <laughs> to sort of explain, like, the thing, if, if people who are listening have not watched the episode, Melinda Warren, the great, 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 super great grandmother of the Charmed Witches, trapped her warlock lover in a locket because he gave her up to be burned at the stake. He gets resurrected because Prue touches the wallet, uh, not lock it. <laughs> um, and and he, he's trying to like steal the Charmed One's powers. Mm-hmm. And then they, they mm-hmm. cast a spell to bring back Melinda Warren so that they can send him back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm so sorry. I skipped so far ahead. No, 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 no. I mean, this is gold. Like, I, I think we're, <laughs> we're getting right into it. Like, the, the, the problems, the goodness, the badness of the episode, it's all here, right? Because he comes back and immediately, like, he doesn't miss a beat from where he left off. Yeah. No time has passed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing he does so well that has driven me nuts in other episodes is... And I think about this a lot because I I really love Harry Potter. And it's like, Mm -hmm. how do you react to having a spell cast on you Mm -hmm. as an actor? Like, Mm -hmm. it's completely false. How do you show that you've been hit by a spell? Mm -hmm. And sometimes you're like, yeah, I believe it. And other times it is a joke. (laughs) Right, right. Like one where it's a joke is um, the episode where the father comes back. Mm Mm-hmm. And they're like, the power of three will set us free. Oh, yeah. And they all are just, like, kind of jolting around a little bit. Like, in this episode, yes, they're, like, convulsing. But (laughs) it's not even a believable convulsion. But Mm. in this episode, he, like, gets sucked out and into the locket and looks so upset. Like, his face just (laughs) reads so real. Right, 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 right. It's oh, yeah. like, it doesn't matter how bad the CGI is. This guy is getting sucked into a locket. I believe it. He's committing to it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And that's like, again, just a comment on how good the guests were in this episode. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I totally agree. No, and so he, he doesn't miss a moment. Like, he's he's still in that moment. And that makes sense. Like, if you're being trapped or frozen, like, 
you just you're just like oh well you're clearly a warren because that's the only way you break the spell all right let me steal your power all right like you know i'm just gonna wander the world <laughs> and pick up a lot of information but um mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean like i thought it was pretty cool that he was like in her office and he's like well clearly the name written next to you means that that's your name now mm-hmm. yeah or was that like a sly thing that the writers did? Well, I think they had to pretty quickly tie in like, okay, well, we've got to have him figure it out somehow. So uh, the fact that he's just very, very intelligent. And he is a very intelligent mm-hmm. villain. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just kind of was like a quick reason for him to be like, oh, well, the family name is Hallowell now. You must be the descendant because you were able to open the locket and free me. Ah, you know, I, he has to just put it all together, I think, mm-hmm. for plot reasons. <laughs> but, I mean, hey, it's fine. It just means he's really smart. Yeah. I have kind of a side question for you guys, but I keep thinking about it every episode I watch. Which one of the three spells would you want for yourself? Oh, the three powers? Yeah. Um, Good question. I always say that I'd like telekinesis because, like, eventually you could fly. Oh. Mm. You know, I mean, because when that guy jumps out of the window, he actually uses Prue's power better than she does. So he, like, jumps, he's falling, and then he's able to slow his fall so he doesn't die. So, like, technically, Ah. Prue should be able to fly. Side note, where did the glass go? Because that window busts (laughs) out. That window busts out. He goes to the ground. Where did all that glass fall? Nowhere. (laughs) It just, did he just disintegrate it? Did it just evaporate? Maybe it fell so hard that it shattered <laughs> into a million little pieces and you couldn't see it anymore. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, let's see. All I think all three powers are so, so useful. My first instinct is also telekinesis, just because I think that's maybe the most useful thing possible mm-hmm. and the most like defensive, the most offensive. But uh, when I was much younger and watching the show... I think I wanted uh, Piper's power the most to freeze time and then later accelerate time. I, I loved that when I was a kid. Why, why do you think it's changed over time? Because power, because their power got better. Yeah. I think telekinesis is like, I don't know. It's just so useful. Mm-hmm. You could be so lazy and just move things around with your mind. You wouldn't have to, I, I don't know. I just think it's, it's maybe the most useful. But hey, if if I was to be given any magical power, I would not be picky on whatever one I got. <laughs> I wouldn't mind stop time though, because then you could like get really, you could go really far. Yeah. Like in order to study for tests, you just stop time, <laughs> yeah. do all the work, start it up again, <laughs> mm-hmm. get, get your eight hours sleep, and then just move along. You could probably save lives a lot better too. I mean, yes, also the you know studying for tests, but. Uh, I think you, <laughs> you could probably, it's not like if you see a car about to hit somebody or you're about to fall or something, yeah, um, or somebody's about to fall, yeah, you can just stop also, also, in this episode, I don't know why what they don't do is they just freeze him, get an axe, and chop his head off. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's a basic cable show? Well, no, I mean, it's just such a simple solution. If you chop mm-hmm. most people's heads off, they die. Yeah, I guess maybe they thought that if she froze time on him, that he would also gain that power and uh, then be able yeah. to reanimate time. Yeah, he would just unfreeze or something like that. But yeah, I do agree that they should just be cold-blooded killers more often. Mm. No, I'm just kidding. And, but- yeah. <laughs> and so what power did you want? I, I Honestly, telekinesis is the oh, best okay. one. Mm-hmm. 
I think it would be, I, I'm with you a hundred percent. Yeah. It really is so good. Mm. I feel bad because, you know, the character Phoebe is always complaining about uh, having the most boring one. Mm-hmm. She should have just gotten better. But I'm kind of like, yeah. Her power because in Twilight, when the girl can see the future, she can predict people's moves. So it's impossible to kill her because every time you punch, she Ooh. knows that you're coming. So, like, Phoebe was just lazy as far as I'm concerned. Right, right. Yeah, but if, <laughs> if she really tried to, like, lean in a little bit more to it, it probably could have been a lot yeah. more useful. Yeah. I mean, she just should have exercised her powers so she got stronger so that it wasn't just like, oh, my God, I'm having a premonition. It's like, no, I kind of, like, know everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at Bran in, a, in Game of Thrones. Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh, totally. look at Bran. I, I do wonder if, like, if, forgive me, if it's a self-fulfilling prophecy because – because of her attitude about her power, if that makes it less effective. Because she's like, I don't like my power, blah, blah, blah. If that makes it less useful to her, because the power itself is like, fine, then I want to activate it. Because it's, it's like an emotional attachment yeah. behind the power. Yeah. But I mean, like, also, I, I guess in, like, things of powers, I also don't understand, like, why people are so greedy. Like, so this warlock is, like, really after the Charmed One's three powers, but I don't even understand why he needs to kill them because, like, once he gets them, can't like literally like most mm-hmm. warlocks have to kill witches to get their powers. Matthew on the, Matthew on the other hand just needs mm-hmm. you to use them once and then he can go along his merry way. If anything, he's like a juggernaut of warlocks and he doesn't actually need to kill people. Just like use the power on me once. Okay, thanks. Bye. Mm-hmm. I have other witches to find. Uh. Yeah. He just wants to eliminate the line because he was trapped in a locket. But it sounds know, like being in the locket it. was nothing. Like it, it wasn't, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't like the genie in Aladdin <laughs> where he's like, oh my gosh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, it does seem like based on his reaction when he's freed. Yeah, it very much seems like no time has passed. But the spell itself was like, may you only know torture and pain or something like that. So did it hurt? I don't. <laughs> I, I completely I, agree with you, but I think that like that's like a problem with the writers because when they make him come out, he doesn't miss a beat. Mm-hmm. So in actuality, it, it, like he's acting like nothing happened. He's just pissed that he was, you know, paused. Right, right. <laughs> but he still is. He's like, damn, I missed the eighteen hundreds. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> Um, but he does seem to have mm-hmm. a great awareness that he is in the future and that time yeah. has passed like immediately. Yeah. So is that a plot? Is that plot laziness or is it, he's a genius? Well, you know? I mean, uh, so Phoebe, you don't know this, but like, I kind of, I've kind of just decided that everyone in Charmed is, is smarter than you think they are and better at what they do than they should be. So that's why they. That's why they just figure out they can, they can be really dumb about like. Oh, I, I think he's the killer. Oh, it's not. No, no, it couldn't be him. It couldn't be him. It couldn't be him. But everything else in their lives, they're just they know everything. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. It's so true. I mean, they keep these stories moving through that device. It is crazy. Like this show moves fast. Yeah, they do not wait. Time. You're right, because like Melinda gets woken up, and then she's immediately mm-hmm. like, "Oh crap! Now we have to kill the guy that I was here." Okay, great. We're just gonna do the spell again. Um, here's some herbs. You know, you'd think that like the herbs and things that they used in like Salem would be like slightly different, but 
You know, like, oh no, but it's like super easy. Could we could just figure that out really yeah. quickly? And then also, I think it's kind of funny that like, wh- whenever they cast spells, literally, um, it's like they're just making a nice souffle. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm just gonna say a a nice little rhyme over my baked Alaskan, and here we go. <laughs> and it'll work. It'll save the day. And in that way, it's it's a little bit funny and I don't am I am I detecting some sexist undertones beneath that I don't know are there I haven't explored that where it's like yeah we're just good at cooking in the kitchen and that's how magic is done I don't think so but maybe (laughs) (laughs) yeah are there good male witches in this world I haven't come across any yet um I mean it's it's really unclear at this point in the show because at this point they just kind of make you believe that um like women the magic only goes down through the female side of the family mm. and then all mm-hmm. all the warlocks seem to be men um and they're just not they don't really they don't really explain as to why the magic never happens to the men in the family mm-hmm. i'm not sure yeah but there are male witches at some point as well, like at other points. Yeah. It's like all so, of a sudden they just decide that men can be witches later on. Yeah. I mean, the show growed, <laughs> grew and changed over time too. <laughs> so I guess some rules had to be altered here and there. I swear <laughs> they just ran out of plot lines. They're like, we just have had so many witch, you know, female witches. We just got to right, change right. that. Change the rules. <laughs> but they can. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that's not to say like the inconsistencies do not matter to me while I'm watching it. Yeah. Like when I'm watching yeah. it, I am in it. I am here for it, <laughs> loving it. And then I walk away and I'm like, wait, we don't even, what is magic? Like, <laughs> What is it in this world? Oh my God. I, I mean, I did a deep dive into like charm lore and to try and explain to you what magic is, is like the most difficult thing in the world. Wow, could you give it a try? Mm. I'm very curious. Uh, okay, so like, it's like basically like after the creation of man, there was this thing called the all, and it was like this all-encompassing power, and it kind of existed on a higher realm, but there was a way to tap into mm-hmm. it, and this man and this woman tapped into it. And then um, the when they tapped into it, they became one with the all and then they rose to the higher realm, but they shouldn't have been there. So the all started to get weak. And what ended up happening was they had to return to the world, but they couldn't both return to the world and have the all exist. So she went back and he stayed and she was the mother of all witches and warlocks. Oh, and he's just her lover. That's like trapped in the all. Wow. and so she's immortal. And so every witch has a piece of the all. That's cool. That is really cool. I really like yeah. that. I wonder how it sounds like based on that, though, that the all and the magic would be like losing strength over time, Wait. right? Because it would be divided mm-hmm. or maybe dividing it strengthens it. There is. Well, I mean, this gets into American Horror Story Coven rules. But uh, there is um, parts of like witch theory that say if there are a fewer number of witches alive at a certain point, their powers are stronger and more concentrated. Oh, is that American Horror Story? Yeah, those are like that's that's lore of American Horror Story Coven, the the like witch season, um, because it gets to a point where like a lot of the characters at that time 
all are exhibiting many different abilities, which is not typically, it's usually like one or two active powers at most, a lot like charm. Mm -hmm. Um, But then because several of them are being killed off or are dying or they're threatened, uh, that the power is like a collective thing that is now shared between fewer people. So it's like a defense mechanism type of thing, but also ties into that theory that you explained of like, it's like a collective thing that is just yeah. spread a little bit more thinly the more witches there are. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's very, it's interesting to think about. Yeah. 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 But I mean, it's just, it's not really clear, but the problem with the, the, with the logic of the magic is that basically like they gave birth to two babies. One was evil. One was good for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> and like, if they, yeah. And if they come from the same power, why did the warlocks need to steal? Don't they develop their own? Like basically it's like, it's like we had two kids and one like used mm. it for evil and warlocks are basically motivated to get more powers. Whereas like the good witches just have their own and they're fine with it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> weird. I mean, that's just, I guess that's just the nature of, of people, I guess. It's like one faction is greedier and one faction is more content. I don't know. But like, okay, but here's the other thing. So when a witch becomes evil and wants more powers like a warlock, they become a warlock, but warlocks don't become witches. Mm, um, once you go bad, you can't go back. You're bad, right? Because they don't have confession. <laughs> oh my god! Um, speaking of confession, Prue never seems to be able to tell Andy that she's a witch, and uh. Andy never seems to be able to figure it out. It's really funny how, like, so in this episode, they need like a, a feather, like the only one non-culinary ingredient for the spell. She has to go to the museum to steal it. And she does it in the most weird way. Like, I would think that with telekinesis, you could just pluck a feather off during the day when the museum was open. But instead, she actually breaks into a closed museum and sneaks out, which is impossible, especially when you don't work there anymore. And um, and Yeah, her bad bad still worked or something. Yeah, and then Andy catches her and... um, like, you know, she's dumbly still holding the feather. Just like, just put it in your pocket and walk out. Anyway, so they're in the car and she explodes yeah. his um, his safety thing, safety bag. Yeah, the airbag. And he's never, and he's like, oh, well, it's, that just happened. And <laughs> she ran away. Like, nothing mm-hmm. ookie boogie spooky going on. <laughs> nothing ookie boogie spooky. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then his partner is like, what happened? How did she like get away from you? And he's like, I don't, don't want to talk about it. Why didn't he just be like, I have a faulty airbag? Like, what what does he think is going on? I don't know. And this this is really funny because in this episode, like, um, Andy's convinced that Prue is guilty or that she knows something. He's like, basically, like, he's like, I'm gonna turn her in. This is crazy. And Daryl's like, What for stealing a feather? Like, I don't think she did it. I don't think she's involved. But. <laughs> It's also weird because they never pointed out that, like, she stole that locket, basically, from the collection. Yeah. Yeah. Like, right? She leaves and there, and she left with, like, the locket. Oh, that's true. How's that not what they're talking about? Yeah. <laughs> oh, but the, but the locket's a plant from Rex. So he's not going to, like... Oh, oh, right. Yeah. There's that. Rex yeah. gave it to her on You're purpose. Right. So he doesn't really care yeah, right. about what happens to lock it he's not going to report it to the police it doesn't belong to anyone it's not like enough like a real yeah like it's not it doesn't belong to them he's just doing that yeah okay yeah and he's not going to go to the police and be like 
oh, well, I gave her a magical locket. <laughs> That's why. All this um, is happening. What I, what I do love is that, um, so, I mean, obviously, even though there's like a super powerful warlock, the charm ones are not invincible. I mean, are the charm ones have their grandmother there and they cook up this spell. And even though it seems like he's going to kill them all, um, you know, they come just in time. They shove the feather into this little pouch and they um, mm-hmm. they freeze him to give him back the power, but they kill him again. Or they don't kill him, though. Mm-hmm. They trap him in the locket again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then right, they right. have to send Melinda Warren back. Um, and she just puts it on her and then goes back to where yeah. her dead people go. But, you know, she came there in clothes, right, that she was able to take <laughs> off. I don't understand how she can take physical things back to where she came from. That is always the question with like any sort of teleportation, right? Right. Is Mm -hmm. like sometimes they show up naked and sometimes they show up with clothes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It depends on the spell or the intention behind the spell, I guess. Something like that. (laughs) But I, I mean, you're right though. But when you think about it being like particles, how do you, like, where do the particles start and where do they end? Like, if you cast a spell on someone's body, it makes sense that the whole body goes mm-hmm. because that's mm-hmm. all connected. It's all part of one aura. But just because the clothes are touching the body doesn't mean that, you know, it's going to be gone as well. And then if you cast a spell, why doesn't she take a chunk of the floor with her? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah totally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why doesn't the whole house and then the core of the earth and <laughs> Just this huge blast yeah. of time travel. Uh-huh. There's just yes. the elegance in the magic. How do they determine? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Magic knows. Magic knows. Um, mm-hmm. No, but I mean, but I mean, here's the thing. There's some things that we're, we're never going to be able to answer. Like, um, so like even with the um, political correctness moment with the, with the harassment where like Hannah, the assistant to the boss is mm. like, feeling shy as he's changing in Mm -hmm. front of her. Like, I don't actually understand why Mm -hmm. um, Rex is, like, seemingly jealous. Yeah, because he's treated Hannah like a tool all the time. Yeah. Does he love Hannah? And he says things like, he calls her, like, love and my love and things like that. But it's, I mean, it's not really, I mean, it's very, like, one-sided. I mean, he does treat her just like a prop a lot of the time, too. Yeah. So... I don't know. No, but I mean, he, he, he straight up goes to her and he's like, just to remember, after this, he goes back to where he came from. So he's like, no, you cannot think that you're going to bang this warlock. Right? Yeah, exactly. Right. You can't. Him. Yeah. <laughs> it's like taking your child to the pound and then being like, Mm-mm, don't fall in <laughs> love with this puppy. <laughs> oh, my God. Mm-hmm. I just. I don't understand <laughs> where that was. Yeah, it's also yeah. weird that she's shy because she's also not exactly from this world, right? Like, she's a warlock. I thought so, that too. I was like, I don't understand mm-hmm. why on earth you would give yeah. two shits about being modest when you're, like, in a closed room with a, another magical creature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to know the story behind that scene. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think they were just being... I think they were just wanted to play with the sexual tension of how hot Billy Worth is when he's shirtless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I think we can all. Valid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very much. But it's, it's, it's so confusing to me as to why someone that's evil would have like sexual hangups. 
Yeah. Yeah. How does Hannah define her morality? (laughs) Totally. Because, like, she's completely willing to destroy the Charmed Ones, or at the very least, Prue, where she says in an episode, it is my goal to destroy her. But, oh, but I must be modest and not check out this warlock from another time, as if this applies to any (laughs) sense of moral code. (laughs) yeah that or she's like i have to follow the workplace guidelines for how you should look at a co-worker (laughs) (laughs) beyond beyond the magical beyond the evil she's uh adhering to the hr guidelines Mm -hmm. i love that hr hr guidelines for someone that doesn't work at her office one and that is not wait wait he doesn't work at the office and what was the other funny part about that well the another is that she doesn't work there either. She killed someone and took their identity to be there. No, that's what I mean. Like, it's not a real job for her. Like, she right, doesn't right. actually, this isn't real work. It's a setup, you know? Like, uh-huh. it's, it's, it's a fake job. Why does she care about HR? It's so weird. It's so funny. Like, she's the one that's like, all right, guys, no phones in the office. Like, put them away. <laughs> Time is money. <laughs> I also think about this too because mm-hmm. um I mean obviously it doesn't happen to this episode but like you find out that they 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 literally did kill two people on the same day and assume their identities um so like I was like what were they doing with their time you know like when they're like walking around the office with like you know like meetings and stuff did they just go to their offices and just sit there <laughs> and just do nothing like I don't understand yep that's exactly it. <laughs> yeah, this is showing up to meetings like, yeah, 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 yeah. When do we get to eating humans? <laughs> oh, my God. I don't want to look at them, but I want to eat them. <laughs> right? Because they eat humans, right? Warlocks eat them? Um, or is that me confusing no, episodes? No, no, no. Uh, so uh, that, that was a demon. Okay, cool. Here for it. <laughs> no, um, so in the in the other episode that was just before this, the um the demon wedding woman, um, like it's just mm-hmm. for her, her wedding and as a snack they eat the stripper. Right. right. Okay. Demons eat humans. That's why they weren't eating Piper's food. Oh right, good right, point right. there. Unless they're unless they're making also a statement about Piper's cooking, but I doubt it. <laughs> yeah because they, they tend to say that yeah. piper's cooking is very um, well, good i also have to say that like not every demon i don't even i don't even see most demons eat on the show in general so i yeah i feel like eating humans is like kind of like a it's like being vegetarian like it's like it's your choice <laughs> <laughs> i mean Yes, I'll have humans. <laughs> yeah, it's not necessary. Oh, they can take a human supplement. <laughs> Look, at the end of the day, no one gets eaten in this episode. <laughs> and Melinda goes back and takes the guy back to the realm. And I was reading about in like Charm Lore with Matthew Tate because apparently he was really hard to defeat because he, he has such a weird power, the mimicry. Um, mm-hmm. so the way that he's vanquished is that she takes the locket to the realm of the dead or whatever. And so symboli- mm-hmm. symbolically that kills him. Cause you can't like, you can't come back from that. So he can't. Right. He's like gone forever. Yeah. Right. Except for they re- remember at the very end of the episode, they're like, well, we could always summon her back. Yeah. But I mean, does she, can she take the locket off? <laughs> like there? <laughs> 
Yeah. Mm. Oh, interesting. What is the afterlife in the charmed world? It's very like hit and miss. Like for some people, yeah. there's an afterlife. For other people, they get reincarnated. Um, for some people, they're dead, but they like know what's going on and come back whenever they want. It's just so weird. Yeah, and sometimes they're able to summon the dead, like Amazing. like their grandma or Melinda here. And other times they're not allowed to. It's it's basically at the whim of casting. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, exactly. Um, so funny. Um, gosh. What is what is that happens at the end of the episode? Oh, Piper asks Leo out on a date. Right. Yes. Yes. Finally. And it's so refreshing to see her take some action. Yeah. Was there something in the episode that was supposed to drive that that choice for her? Like, like I couldn't figure out what had finally oh, motivated well, at the her beginning, to be she can't her. ask him mm-hmm. out because she's still nervous. And then Melinda Warren has this moment where she's like you know what happens to all the Warren women? Oh, no, sorry, it, that's the wrong phrasing. But she says, like, there are certain traits in the Warren women. High cheekbones, beautiful eyes or whatever, and then mm. um, stubbornness <laughs> um, and also, stick, like, assertiveness or something like that. So, like, the way that, mm. like, they were saying, they were talking about the genes in the family. Yeah. And, like, Phoebe is a very, is a kind of, like, a mm. go-getter. And, like, Piper doesn't understand why she can't be that way. But when she faces her grandmother... Mm-hmm she like is inspired. Okay. Okay. I love it. I mean, I, I love a good like character motivated uh, episode where like the things kind of push you to grow. Mm -hmm. And so I was like very excited to see that, but I was like, (laughs) what caused that? But I believe I buy that. That makes sense. No, I mean, it it obviously like it, this has been a long time coming. We're episode nine and they, you know, the most that they've done at this point is like kiss. So like, they need to bang like in TV shows, like once you fall in love, it's just like really good sex. So like it needed, we needed to get there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those are the rules. <laughs> I know. And it's really funny. Cause like, if you remember from the pilot, like Piper seems like a little bit more demure. Um, anyway, mm-hmm. so on one of the episodes, she likes slut shames Peru mm-hmm. for sleeping with Annie on the first date. That's episode two. Like all of us, as soon as Piper's in that relationship, she is getting it as much as she can. She's free. She's a woman. She's like, Le- oh, and I'm, I'm happy for her. Me too. It makes me very happy. Me too. <laughs> she's got a good big heart, you know? Yeah. She's, she's, she's the best. Um, no, but Phoebe, this has been so good. You are amazing. Yes, thank you. So- you guys are amazing. Oh, no. Thank you so much with uh, all of your patience getting me corralled here today. <laughs> um, as we as we all have talked about, my life is wild right now. I'm going to be in a play. I have a concert that's coming up. I was unaware that my play was next week. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was aware, but I was also unaware because I have trouble reading calendars. Apparently. <laughs> oh. Happens to all of us. I hear you. So the the best the best thing in the world is to realize what is going on in your life and to just do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm so thankful that I got to do this today and talk with you because I love working with you. <laughs> so this is so fun. And Nick, I'm so glad I got to finally talk to you. Yeah, me too. It was super fun. Thank you for providing a lot of valuable insight and everything. It was very fun to chat. 
Speaking of work, I feel like we want to know, like, so Phoebe, where can people find you performing? What are you doing? What do you have cooking in the oven? Oh, gosh, I'm writing a lot lately, um, which has been really great. So if anyone, uh, you know, wants to read some of my work, totally happy to share that. But I do have a show coming up. Mm -hmm. I will. Mm -hmm. I have a show um, on Wednesday, uh, May 1st at 930 at the Tank. Uh, It'll be a really fun sketch show. We're doing um, Dreams and Nightmares. So Mm -hmm. I actually get to, you know, do some wizardry acting. Ooh, this is good homework because basically you know how like people should be acting with spells happening around them. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, <laughs> convulse is the message. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, of, and of course, hope. I, can we talk about the podcast? Yes. Oh, please do. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully it'll be released sometime soon so we can share it. Yeah. Um, but. M- I have written and I act with Mijan in uh, a podcast I'm very proud of called Kip Jones in Space. It's, mm, cool. It's amazing. Like this podcast is just, I mean, it's like, it's like, it's, it's a serial podcast. It's a teleplay. I don't know. I don't know what to. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Cool. I love it. Yeah. It's a narrative podcast. It's definitely like in this spirit of thrilling adventure hour. Um, if anyone loves and follows that as much as I do. Um, and Megan Rico, who co-writes it and directs it, she uh, really, really loves sci-fi, as do I. Like, we really became instant friends over Battlestar Galactica. Mm-hmm. And so we were kind of talking about comedy in that world. And she came to me with this idea of, like, a film noir detective in that world. Um, and what would a film noir detective look like with, you know, a robot? that Mijan is so amazing <laughs> at playing. I'm like, it's, yeah, so it's so cool. I'm like, I love it so much. There's just like mystery and there's romance and mm-hmm. there's murder. And nice. It's, and it's also great. like stupid. It's really silly. <laughs> it's so silly and so fantastic. And it just, it's like, it's like basically if we took the best parts of like space adventure, but like allowed ourselves to play with it, that is what it is. Mm. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Yeah, cool. we're really proud. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully we'll be able to release yeah. it soon. We're trying to get a little bit of a backlog of recording so that we can give the people a nice little binge day. So I, I feel you. I feel you. I feel you. So everyone, this is Phoebe Stonebreaker. Phoebe spelt like the charmed. Stone like stone. <laughs> and instead of break with an E, it's B-A-B- B R A K E R on Insta. Like a Mailer. like a car. Yeah. yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Wait, what do you mean like a car? Is that a type of car? Break. Like a car break. Oh, like break with an R at the end. There we go. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Oh no, Kiki. Oh my gosh. Sorry. Mm-hmm. My cat literally just jumped on the keyboard. Oh. Um, <laughs> okay, here's a last minute question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What happened to the cat from the pilot? Yeah, good question. Oh. Uh, <laughs> it is a character that they use when they want to use it, and then when it then they don't, it is never around. Yep. That's never true. around. I totally understand, like, working with animals is a nightmare, but where's the cat? You get, you get glimpses, that's it. Cat is gone now, yeah. cat appears in the next episode. Haven't seen the cat mm-hmm. for, like, oh. 
you know, like in the, in the past, like in the ones before this, you don't see the cat, but like, yeah. it's just, they only use the cat when they need the cat to like point to an evil thing that everyone should be aware of. <laughs> that is just for some reason they think they, they're not paying attention to. Right. Oh, in the pilot though, doesn't the cat like, uh, meow and look angry at Andy Trudeau yeah mm, maybe is it a spoiler am I spoiling no 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 no, 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 no. never mind no, no, anyways no. check me out on Instagram <laughs> <laughs> no I mean we just we actually I, I I don't remember that I just I just know that the cat the cat is a is a tool that moves the plot and if it doesn't serve the plot they just don't even mess with it it's like not even around not even there yeah yeah. It's not like Salem and Sabrina. Yeah, they're not even feeding yeah. it. Yeah, which yeah. is so funny. All right, well, um, check us out. We're a podcast of shadows on Instagram. We have Phoebe Stonebreaker. Yeah. And until um, next week, guys, yeah. Oh, me, oh, my. Uh, so so informative, so helpful. I love getting that fierce, that fierce lady perspective. Fierce lady perspective. Like Phoebe's a powerhouse. And I just, I I just have to say, like, I'm so present to the fact that the fact that I have a penis does not give me the opinion of a woman. And she opened my eyes. Yeah, that was, I mean, that's great. Yeah, it's, it's helpful when we, because I mean, yeah, we're two cis men, when we can get an opinion that doesn't, that isn't informed by, or that's informed by a different experience than we've had. So that, and that plays perfectly into what the show is all about too, because how I, I thought it was so good to look at the perspective of how, uh, when women are devices in plot, but now men can have a turn doing that. But also this show is still more equi- equitable to men than a lot of male uh, media is to women. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is the exact opposite of James Bond. We're like, Mm-hmm. Literally, mm-hmm. every woman just kind of exists to sleep with him, and then he just kind of throws her away like a dirty tissue. Right, and there's like a Bond girl in every movie, but can people even name all of them? No, because they're they're like, you know, props. Also, it's like such an honor to be a Bond girl, but like it's just for a film; they never come back. Yeah, yeah, uh, but he gets to be the whole franchise. Yeah, for at least two to three movies. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah but I mean look the power three is powerful I'm really glad that we had Phoebe she's amazing everyone needs to check out Mm. her uh, kipped uh, sorry (laughs) I'm in the show and I literally don't know the name (laughs) this is great (laughs) Kip Jones uh, lost in space I believe (laughs) well either way just like Check out her podcast. You'll love it. <laughs> oh wait, it's actually I, I'm I'm actually announcer on the pod on the podcast teleplay. So the official title Luke. is Kip Jones in space. Oh, that is that sounds yeah. Epic. <laughs> I, I I gotta I gotta watch. I gotta get into it. All right. Well, um, this has just been a lovely episode. I'm so glad that we uh, continue to carry on, and uh, we'll carry on next week, listeners. Mm-hmm. Tune in. Yeah, just hit us up on that uh, Instagram thingy, whatever. Uh, <laughs> Podcast of Shadows at Instagram. Anyway, um, see you next week. Bye. Bye.